0: is the Equity Experience Podcast, a space created for every educator or school leader who is authentically pursuing equity and inclusion in their classrooms and schools. I'm your host, Dr. Carla Manning, and I welcome you. Hello, hello, good day, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Equity Experience Podcast. Hey, 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 good day and welcome. Thank you for tuning in today. I am Dr. Carla Manning. I'm CEO of the Equity Leadership Group. We are a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultancy. Happy to support and partner with individuals, school districts, organizations, I should say nonprofit organizations, as well as universities and government agencies in helping them to strengthen and implement their diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. So welcome to another episode. On today's episode, we're going to take a bit of a detour Normally, on my episodes, I'm providing some recommendations. We're having conversations. But on this episode, I thought it would be a good idea to still have a conversation, but to have a very specific conversation regarding diversity, equity, and inclusion as it relates to finances, right? (laughs) As it relates to the money, the moolah, okay? And so today's topic is, what are the possible ROIs on implementing diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. And I really should say, what are the possible financial ROIs? And of course, when we say ROIs, ROI is an acronym that means return on investment, right? So what is the return on investment of a school district deciding to partner with a DEI consultant or a team of consultants to help them with their DEI initiative? Or even if a school district doesn't necessarily partner with a consultancy, what are the possible ROIs of implementing diversity, equity, and inclusion? Okay, so this is a conversation that is definitely for some of the key decision makers and key stakeholders within a school district. Folks who are very specifically involved in the financial and the purchasing matters and in the business matters of Either working with the consultancy or sort of overseeing the budget of a school. So this particular episode I think would be very insightful for individuals who work in that space within a district. So again, what are the possible returns on investment of implementing diversity, equity, and inclusion, of partnering with a DEI consultant? So, in other words, how can diversity, equity, and inclusion financially benefit a school district, okay? That's like the translation of that question, okay? What are the financial incentives? What are the financial benefits of implementing diversity, equity, and inclusion? A lot of times within DEI, we talk about how DEI can sort of benefit the workplace environment, how it can benefit the classroom and learning environment. And all of those, of course, are very important conversations to have. But I think having a very specific conversation around the financial benefits are also important because now we can link diversity, equity, and inclusion to actual tangible results, right? We can directly correlate DEI to very specific financial results and outcomes that are an important aspect of this conversation, right? So that's why I decided to offer my perspective on how DEI can financially benefit a school district. And I came up with this topic because actually this question was raised to me, I should say. I don't want to call the folks like naysayers, but <laughs> but let me just say, people who were critical of a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant. So yeah, you know, it can possibly be thought of as a naysayer, or maybe not necessarily naysayers, but people who were skeptics. Right? Like, you know, you have a team of people who are like, you know, usually champions for DEI, but you have some naysayers, you have some skeptics, you got some people looking at you with the side eye, like, okay, with this consultant coming in, <laughs> you know, they're proposing these prices, these costs, these fees, you know, how is this benefiting the school district? What are the financial benefits? That question was raised to me actually on more than one occasion. I thought it would be a good idea to come in and share the answers that I gave them during that time to come on this podcast and also share my responses with you because you may have the same questions. And these are very legit questions. You know, these are questions that are not out the norm. Like these are questions that actually that should be raised, right? And the fact that, the you know, maybe it was the way that the question was asked to me <laughs> in that initial time period that maybe, you know, kind of threw me off a little bit. But when I thought about it, I said, no, you know, from from a business perspective, that is actually a very important conversation to have, right? How can DEI benefit us as a district financially, okay? So let's dive in. I have three possible ROIs, right? I have three insights in terms of how diversity, equity, and inclusion can financially benefit a school district in terms of a return on investment, okay? So, number one, let's get into it. Number one, I would say that from a diversity perspective, right, in terms of recruiting diverse talent, recruiting diverse teachers, diverse school leaders, racially, culturally, linguistically, religion, all of that, I would say that hiring more diverse talent actually attracts more parents to enroll their child or their children within the school district. Okay. So, diversity can work in both ways right it can come and it can go you may have some parents that may decide that if the school district is too diverse depending on their political views or their social views they may not want their child to be enrolled in that district and they may pull their child out but the opposite is also true where if you have more diverse talent that actually may recruit that may encourage more parents to actually enroll their child in the district because they recognize that the district is taking a stronger position in actually implementing steps to recruit more diverse talent, okay? And then I would also say not even with the diverse talent, but even if the school district has more programs, more academic programs, community-based programs that focus on diversity, equity, inclusion, that focus on racial equity, racial diversity, and that prioritize these concepts and these initiatives, again, that can encourage more parents to enroll their child in the district. And of course, we all know that the more parents that enroll their child or their children within a district, the more money that the district gets inevitably, right? You know, there are more bodies that need to be taken care of, so that district needs more funds. So, We can think about this from an angle of creating more diversity, not just within the talent development, not just within human resources, but also diversity in terms of academic programs, social programs, or community-based programs that can encourage more families to enroll their child in your district, which can then put more money into the pockets of the district, right, that can bring more funds into that district. So that is one way. That's one possible ROI is that with a stronger diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy, you know, I don't want to say market, but you can convince or encourage more parents to enroll your child into your district. And inevitably, you are also increasing your budget in terms of funding. Number two, number two, and this one is a good one, I would say that a curriculum or an educational or learning environment that is equitable, that is inclusive, that is multicultural, can potentially increase student achievement rate, thereby closing achievement and opportunity gaps, thereby increasing state funding for your district. Okay, so this one is like a domino effect, right? If you have a curriculum or an educational setting that is more equitable, Okay, meaning that we are removing inequities, we are remedying these disparities. If that is happening, then we can also hope for, you know, it's not a guarantee, but we can hope that with those strategies in place, then our student achievement rates are increasing and going up. And if our student achievement rates are going up and, you know, we mean, you know, via standardized testing, which I'm not a fan of, and that's a whole other podcast. But when standardized tests measure student achievement and they see an increase in those rates, we can then connect that to the closing of achievement and opportunity gaps, potentially. Okay, that's not a guarantee, but that could potentially happen where opportunity gaps are being decreased. And as a result, we can advocate for more funding from the state for your district. Okay, so this one is like a linear process. Number two will not happen overnight. It may happen within a year. But for number two, we're talking about a good two to five-year plan of actually seeing an ROI, right? The first one in terms of diverse talent and diverse programs, you can probably see a quicker turnaround in terms of a return on investment within like six months to two years. But the closing of the achievement gaps, the closing of the opportunity gaps, that's gonna take a little bit more time to see that ROI. But it is a possibility. It is a possibility, but that starts with the diversity, equity, and inclusion. Right? That's how that starts. It starts with a superintendent, with the principal, with the instructional leadership team, with the DEI team, with the school board, being very intentional about implementing diversity, equity, and inclusion strategies with the specific aim of closing achievement gaps and closing opportunity gaps. That needs to be the specific aim. And when we see that happen over time, again, this is a process, but over time, we can measure and we can keep track of the trends and patterns in terms of student achievement. If we're seeing an increase in student achievement rates, are we seeing a decrease in those achievement and opportunity gaps, okay? And if we're seeing both of those happen simultaneously, can we advocate for more state funding for your district? Is that a possibility? Okay. So that is another return on investment. Okay. Again, that may take some more time. That may take some more elbow work, as my mother would say when I was washing the dishes. And I'm like, mama, you know, I was like washing these dishes. She said, great, but put some elbow grease on that. So with some elbow grease, okay, with some hard work, elbow grease, with some strategy, we can hopefully see a return on investment as a result of implementing DEI at the beginning. And then, of course, all the way throughout that whole process, throughout that whole strategic plan. And then the third one, now this one is not necessarily a ROI in terms of income coming into the district. This is a possible ROI in terms of money not being spent, okay? And what I have here, the idea that I have is that when a district implements diversity, equity, and inclusion, this could potentially prevent lawsuits and liabilities from occurring, okay? Now, this one is a, another podcast in itself. I don't know if or when I will do this particular podcast, but I thought about it. And I thought about doing a podcast addressing these different legal cases that are happening all over the country, where parent advocacy groups, where teacher advocacy groups, where community advocacy groups are partnering with different legal organizations to actually sue a school district, okay? This has happened in light of COVID. This has happened in light of racial discrimination and racial inequity. This has happened, and it has always been happening in terms of special ed, right? But when school districts are not living up to their promise, okay, when they are not living up to their promise on ensuring that every child has access to an equitable education, you have school districts that are being held liable for that because parents are not accepting it. Parents are not accepting the fact that their child, because their child may have a particular racial identity, because their child may have a particular ability or disability status, because their child may not have English as their first language, because the child may come from a low income environment and may not be able to afford technology and internet access, these are groups of children whose parents are holding school districts liable for these equity gaps in their child's education. And this is happening all over the country. Like I said, this has always been happening in within the special ed realm in terms of ability and disability, I would say since like the 1970s or 80s, but increasingly within the last few years and particularly within the last two years because of COVID. You have parents who are not accepting this. They are not accepting the disparities, parents that are not accepting the inequities. They are not accepting the discrimination and biases that are coming from school districts, and that where they, as the parents or their children, are on the receiving end of these inequities and disparities and discriminatory biases. And these parents are not having it. So going back to my original topic of the possible ROI, again, this is not an ROI in terms of finances and financial resources coming into the district, but this is a possible ROI because what I would argue is that if a school district was being more strategic with their diversity, equity, and inclusion initiative, they could potentially prevent or offset some of these liabilities and lawsuits that are happening. Because if you have a parent group that may sue a school district for, you know, $5 million or $10 million, that can do some damage to a school district's budget. So that's something to think about. That's something that we can think about. And this is happening. It may not be publicized in the media. It may not be talked about in the teacher's lunchroom, right? In the teacher lounge. Okay, but this is happening where parents are holding school districts liable and Oftentimes, there are huge financial costs that are associated with these lawsuits and liabilities where the school district may potentially have to pay, okay? They have to pay some civil damages or any other sort of damages that the courts may see fit. So that's something that we can think about in terms of a school district and in terms of the leadership of the school district being more intentional and being more strategic with their diversity equity and inclusion initiative to potentially prevent some of these liabilities from even happening, or excuse me, some of these lawsuits from even happening in the first place, or to sort of reduce or minimize some of the damage, right? But at that case, it's like you're playing defense, right? You're playing defense. If a school district has already been sued by some parents, because of racial discrimination, and then after the lawsuit, the school district decides to hire a DEI consultant, you're now playing defense. See, now you're trying to prove a point to the parents or to the school community that, oh, okay, we've been hit with this lawsuit, so let's hurry up and hire a DEI consultant and let's pay the DEI DEI consultant, right? So now you got to put out more money as opposed to playing offense having a DEI consultant or being more strategic with your DEI plan from the beginning, working with communities, working with parents, families, and students in an equitable and inclusive manner, doing that from the beginning so that you won't have any lawsuits, so that you won't have to come back and play defense because of a lawsuit that is now into the picture. All right, so this one is something to think about. And again, this particular episode, I would say is really good for folks who are operating within the school district who oversee some of these financial matters, some of these budgeting matters, in terms of what DEI can look like for your district financially, okay? So, again, to recap, what are the possible returns on investment on implementing diversity, equity, and inclusion? Number one, hiring more diverse talent and developing more diverse academic programs can potentially attract more parents to enroll their child in your district, therefore increasing state funding for your district. Number two, a curriculum or a learning environment that is equitable, inclusive, and multicultural can potentially increase student achievement rates, thereby closing achievement and opportunity gaps and potentially increasing state funding for your district. And then number three, implementing diversity, equity, and inclusion Can potentially prevent lawsuits and financial liabilities from occurring. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Equity Experience Podcast. I hope that this information has been helpful for you. And I hope that this information can give you something to think about. Likewise, this information can also help in sort of addressing naysayers or skeptics who may question why a school board has decided to partner with a DEI consultant or why a school district has decided to develop an equity plan for their district, okay? And if a school board or for superintendent and his team or her team is faced with, with some controversy or faced with some skepticism from some parents, these can be some responses, right? These can be some ideas to have a conversation with your parents. To explain to them why the school district is investing in diversity, equity, and inclusion and why the school district is deciding to prioritize diversity, equity, and inclusion. So again, thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope this information has been helpful. You all stay tuned, okay? I want to give a shout out to all of my podcast listeners because you all have been very supportive of this podcast. Stay tuned because this year, this year, this year, 2022, we are launching the Equity Leadership University. Hey, 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 okay. And so this will be a virtual online professional learning space where where folks can have access to my courses, to my knowledge, my strategies, my frameworks, and my techniques with my online courses. And of course, you as my podcast listening community will be able to receive earth dibs, right? In terms of some of these coupons and discounts that will come that will come with the Equity Leadership University. So stay tuned. That will be coming very soon. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Equity Experience Podcast. I hope this information has been helpful for you. Until next time, be well, be blessed, take care of yourselves, love yourselves, Love your friends, love your family members just a little bit more. Show them some love just a little bit more. We all need some hugs, some kisses, and some more love. All right, thank you for listening. Until next time, be well and be blessed. Bye-bye.